0: chapter twenty five of virgin soil volume two by ivan turgenev translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain mariana had pictured Solomon to herself as utterly different before his visit at first sight he had struck her as somehow undefined lacking in individuality she had seen plenty of fair-haired sinewy thin men like that she told herself but the more she watched him the more she listened to what he said The stronger grew her feeling of confidence in him confidence was just what it was this calm heavy not to say clumsy man was not only incapable of lying or bragging one might rely on him like a stone wall he would not betray one more than that he would understand one and support one marianna even fancied that this was not only her feeling that Solomon was producing the same effect on everyone present to what he said she attached no special significance all this talk of merchants and factories had little interest for her but the way he talked the way he looked and smiled as he talked she liked immensely a truthful man that was the great thing that was what touched her it is a well-known fact though by no means easy to understand that russians are the greatest liars on the face of the earth and yet there is nothing they respect like truth nothing attracts them so much Besides, Solomine was of a quite especial stamp in Mariana's eyes. On him rested the halo of a man recommended by Vasily Nikolaevich himself to his followers. During dinner, Mariana had several times exchanged glances with Neshtanov in reference to him, and in the end she suddenly caught herself in an involuntary comparison of the two men, and not to Neshtanov's advantage. Neshtanov's features were undoubtedly far handsomer and more pleasing than Solomine's but his face expressed a medley of distracting emotions vexation embarrassment impatience even despondency he seemed sitting on thorns tried to speak and broke off laughing nervously solomine on the other hand produced the impression of being very likely a little bored but anyway quite at home and of being in what he did or felt at all times utterly independent of what other people might do or feel decidedly we must ask advice of this man was mariana's thought he will be sure to give us some good advice it was she who had sent neshtanov to him after dinner the evening passed rather drearily luckily dinner was not over till late and there was not much time to get through before night kolomietsev was politely sulky and said nothing what's the matter madame sipyagin asked him half jeeringly have you lost something that's just it answered Kalomietsev. they tell a story of one of our commanders of the guards that he used to complain that his soldiers had lost their socks find me that sock and i say find me the word sir that word sir has gone astray and all proper respect and reverence for rank have gone with it madame sipiagin declared to Kalomietsev that she was not prepared to assist him in his quest of it emboldened by the success of his speech at dinner sipiagin delivered a couple of other harangues letting drop as he did so a few statesmanlike reflections on indispensable measures he dropped also a few sayings des mots more weighty than witty he had specially prepared for petersburg one of these sayings he even said over twice prefixing the phrase if i may be permitted so to express myself it was a criticism of one of the ministers of the day of whom he said that he had a fickle and frivolous intellect bent on visionary aims on the other hand sipyagin not forgetting that he had to deal with a russian one of the people did not fail to knock off a few sayings intended to prove that he was himself not merely russian in blood but a real russian bear every inch of him and in close touch with the very inmost essence of the national life thus for example upon kalomietsev observing that the rain might delay getting in the hay he promptly rejoined let the hay be black for then the buckwheat'll be white he used such proverbial terms as a store masterless is a child fatherless try on ten times for once you cut out where there is corn you can always find a bushel if the leaves on the birch are big as farthings by st yegor's day there'll be corn in the barn by the feast of our lady of kazan it must be admitted that he sometimes got them wrong and would say for instance let the carpenter stick to his last or fine houses make full bellies but the society in which these mistakes befell did not for the most part even suspect that notre bon russe had blundered and indeed thanks to prince Kovritchkin, it is pretty well inured to such russian malapropisms and all these sores and sayings Sipyagin would enunciate in a peculiar hale and hearty almost thick voice d'une voix rustique such idioms dropped in due place and season at petersburg set influential ladies of the highest position exclaiming comme il connaît bien les mœurs de notre peuple while equally influential dignitaries of equally high position would add les mœurs et les besoins. Valentina mialovna did her very best with Solomon, but the obvious failure of her efforts disheartened her, and as she passed Kalomietsev, she could not resist murmuring in an undertone, Mon dieu, que je me sens fatiguée. To which the latter responded with an ironical bow, Tu l'as voulu, Georges. Dandin at last after the usual flicker-up of politeness and affability displayed on all the faces of a bored assembly at the moment of breaking up after abrupt handshaking smiles and amiable simpers the weary guests and weary hosts separated solomine who was conducted to almost the best bedchamber on the second floor with english toilet accessories and a bathroom attached made his way to neshtanov the latter began by thanking him warmly for consenting to stay the night i know it's a sacrifice for you oh nonsense solomine responded in his deliberate tones much of a sacrifice besides i can't say no to you why so oh because i like you neshtanov was delighted and astounded while solomine pressed his hand then he seated himself astride on a chair lighted a cigar and with both elbows on the chair back he observed come tell me what's the matter eshtanov too seated himself astride on a chair facing solomine but he did not light a cigar what's the matter you ask the matter is that i want to run away from here that is you want to leave this house well what of it good luck to you not to leave but to run away why do they detain you you perhaps you've received some salary in advance if so you need only say the word i should be delighted you don't understand me my dear Solomon. i said run away not leave because i'm not going away from here alone Solomon raised his head with whom with that girl you saw here today that girl she has a nice face you love one another eh or is it simply you have made up your minds to go away together from a house where you are both unhappy we love one another ah solomine was silent for a while is she a relation of the people here yes but she fully shares our convictions and is ready to go forward solomine smiled and are you ready neshtanov neshtanov frowned slightly why that question i will prove my readiness in action i have no doubts of you neshtanov i only asked because i imagine there is no one ready besides you what of markelov yes to be sure there is Markelov, but he i expect was born ready at that instant someone gave a light rapid tap at the door and without waiting for an answer opened it it was marianna she went up at once to solomine i am sure she began you will not be surprised at seeing me here at such an hour he marianna indicated Neshtanov, has told you everything of course give me your hand and believe me it is an honest girl standing before you yes i know that solomine responded seriously he had risen from his seat when mariana appeared i was looking at you at dinner time and thinking what honest eyes that young lady has Neshtanov has been telling me certainly of your plan but why do you mean to run away exactly why the cause i have at heart don't be surprised Neshtanov has kept nothing from me that work is bound to begin in a few days and am i to remain in this aristocratic house where everything is deceit and lying people i love will be exposed to danger and am i solomine stopped her by a motion of his hand don't upset yourself sit down and i'll sit down you sit down too neshtanov let me tell you if you have no other reason then there's no need for you to run away from here as yet that work isn't going to begin as soon as you suppose a little more prudent consideration is needed in that matter it's no good blundering forward at random believe me mariana sat down and wrapped herself up in a big plaid which she flung over her shoulders but i can't stay here any longer i'm insulted by everyone here only today that imbecile anna zaharovna said before kolya alluding to my father that the apple never falls far from the apple tree kolya even was surprised and asked what that meant not to speak of valentina Solomin stopped her again and this time with a smile mariana realized that he was laughing at her a little but his smile could never have offended anyone what do you mean dear lady i don't know who that anna zaharovna may be nor what apple tree you are talking about but come now some fool of a woman says something foolish to you and can't you put up with it how are you going to get through life the whole world rests on fools no that's not a reason is there anything else i am convinced neshtanov interposed in a thick voice that mr Sipyagin will turn me out of the house of himself in a day or two he has certainly been told tales he treats me in the most contemptuous fashion solomon turned to neshtanov then what would you run away for if you'll be turned away in any case neshtanov did not at once find a reply i was telling you before he began he used that expression put in Mariana, because i'm going with him Solomon looked at her and shook his head good-humouredly yes yes my dear young lady but i tell you again if you're meaning to leave this house just because you suppose the revolution is going to break out directly that's what we wrote for you to come for Mariana interrupted to find out for certain what position things are in in that case pursued Solomon, i repeat you can stop at home a good bit longer If you mean to run away because you love each other and you can't be united otherwise then well what then then it only remains for me to wish you as the old-fashioned saying is love and good counsel and if need be and can be to give you any help in my power because my dear young lady you and him too i've loved from first sight as if you were my own brother and sister mariana and neshtanov both went up to him on the right and the left and each clasped one of his hands only tell us what to do said mariana supposing the revolution is still far off there are preparatory steps to be taken work to be done impossible in this house in these surroundings to which we should go so eagerly together you point them out to us you only tell us where we are to go send us you will send us won't you where to the peasants where should we go if not to the people into the forest thought neshtanov Parklin's saying recurred to his mind. Solomon looked intently at Marianna. You want to get to know the people. Yes, that is, we don't only want to get to know the people, but to influence, to work for them. Very good. I promise you you shall get to know them. I will give you a chance of influencing them and working for them. And you, Neshtanov, are ready to go, for her, and for them. Of course I am ready, he declared hurriedly juggernaut another saying of Parklin's recurred to him here it comes rolling along the huge chariot and i hear the crash and rumble of its wheels very good solomine repeated thoughtfully but when do you intend to run away why not tomorrow cried mariana very good but where shh gently whispered neshtanov someone is coming along the corridor they were all silent for a space where do you intend to go solomon asked again dropping his voice we don't know answered mariana solomon turned his eyes upon neshtanov the latter merely shook his head negatively solomon stretched out his hand and carefully snuffed the candle i tell you what my children he said at last come to my factory it's nasty there but very safe i will hide you i have a little room there no one will find you out you need only get there and we won't give you up you will say there are a lot of people at the factory that's a very good thing where there are a lot of people it's easy to hide will that do eh we can only thank you said Neshtanov, while mariana who had at first been taken aback by the idea of the factory added quickly of course of course how good you are but you won't leave us there long i suppose you will send us on That will depend on you but in case you meant to get married it would be very convenient for you at the factory close by i've a neighbor there he's a cousin of mine a parish priest by name zosim very amenable he would marry you with all the pleasure in life mariana smiled to herself while neshtanov once more pressed Solomon's hand and after a moment's pause inquired but i say won't your employer the owner of the factory have anything to say about it won't he make it unpleasant for you Solomin looked askance at neshtanov don't worry about me that's quite a waste of time as long as the factory goes all right it's all one to my employer neither you nor your dear young lady have any unpleasantness to fear from him and the workmen will be no danger to you only let me know beforehand about what time am i to expect you neshtanov and mariana looked at one another the day after tomorrow early in the morning or the day after that nestanov said at last we can't put it off any longer it's as likely as not they'll turn me out of the house tomorrow all right assented Solomon, and he got up from his chair i will look out for you every morning and indeed i shan't be away from home all the week every step shall be taken in due course mariana drew near him she was on her way to the door goodbye dear kind vasili that is your name, isn't it? Yes. Goodbye, at least till we meet, and thanks, thank you. Goodbye. Good night, dear child. And goodbye, Nishtanov, till tomorrow, she added. Mariana went out quickly. Both the young men remained for some time without moving, and both were silent. Nishtanov, Solomon began at last, and he broke off. Nestanov, he began again, tell me about this girl. What can you tell me? What has her life been up till now? Who is she, and how does she come to be here? Nestanov told Solomín briefly what he knew. Nestanov, he began again at last, you ought to take care of that girl, for if anything were to happen, you would be very much to blame. Goodbye he went away and neshtanov stood still for a while in the middle of the room then muttering ah it's better not to think he flung himself face downwards on the bed when mariana got back to her room she found on the table a small note which ran as follows i am sorry for you you are going to your ruin think what you are doing into what abyss are you flinging yourself with your eyes shut for whom and for what v. There was a peculiar delicate fresh scent in the room it was clear that valentina mihalovna had only just gone out of it mariana took a pen and writing underneath don't pity me god knows which of us two is most in need of pity i only know i would not be in your place m she left the note on the table she had no doubt that her answer would fall into valentina mihalovna's hands the next morning solomine after seeing Neshtanov and absolutely declining to undertake the management of sipyagin's factory set off homewards he mused all the way home a thing which very seldom occurred with him the motion of the carriage usually lulled him into a light sleep he thought of mariana and also of Neshtanov. he fancied that if he had been in love he solomine he would have had quite a different face that he would have talked and looked quite differently but he reflected since that has never happened to me i can't tell of course what i should look like if it did he remembered an irish girl whom he had once seen in a shop behind the counter he remembered what wonderful almost black hair she had her blue eyes and thick lashes and how she had looked sadly and wistfully at him and how long afterwards he had walked up and down the street before her windows how excited he had been and how he had kept asking himself should he make her acquaintance or not he was then staying in london his employer had sent him there with a sum of money to make purchases for him Solomon had been on the point of stopping on in london of sending the money back to his employer so strong was the impression made on him by the lovely polly he had found out her name one of the other shop girls had addressed her by it he had mastered himself however and went back to his employer polly had been far more beautiful than mariana but this girl had the same sad wistful look in her eyes and she was a russian but what am i thinking about said solomon half aloud bothering my head about other men's sweethearts and he gave a shake to the collar of his coat as though wishing to shake off all unnecessary ideas and just then he drove up to the factory and caught a glimpse of the figure of the faithful pavel in the doorway of his little lodge end of chapter twenty five